0: It's almost as if we've come to a stage in human evolution where we believe we should only experience what is classed as good or beneficial emotions and feelings and sensations. We've removed the value from anything else, but that means we are only getting access to half the story. Welcome to the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast with me, Alana Holloway, chronic illness coach, podcaster, and writer. This is the place to listen to, think about and question the common narrative that surrounds what a life with chronic illness looks like. Moving away from the fix, reject, fight, resist narrative, you'll find loads of stuff here about how chronic illness can be your guide, ally and superpower. It's my belief that chronic illness can actually be a really valued thing in our lives. This podcast and my work as a coach is all about helping you explore that value and purpose and opening yourself up to the idea that working with your chronic illness can lead you towards a more joyful, peaceful, healing and fulfilled life. Hey and welcome back. I want to take today to do a little debrief on the whole um, listener submissions thing I did at the beginning of this season I was thinking about what this episode was going to be about. And do you know, I've had so many thoughts about that whole process um, that are so related to the way we experience chronic illness that I thought, actually, this is an episode in itself.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
0: actually now close to coming to the end of season three. And by the way, saying that makes me feel super proud of all the episodes recorded so far and really excited about the future of this podcast. I really do feel like this is only the beginning and I'm receiving some really lovely emails about how listening is helping you. And honestly, that just fills me up with so much. I'm not planning to have a break in between seasons three and four, as I've got lots planned to support the launch of Your Chronic Illness Ally, um, which is live now and the waitlist is open, um, and the Chronic Illness Ally philosophy in general. I'm also going to be bringing back guests to the podcast in season four, and I've already started recording those episodes. Um, I'm bringing on experts in fields that I am not covering topics which are very rarely discussed in the chronic illness space. Um, Topics that are affected by life with chronic illness. Um, You know, and it makes sense that lots of people want to talk about these subjects. Um, So do stay tuned in and subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. And get ready. But anyway, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself there are still a few episodes to go until that happens. Not forgetting the bonus episodes that I've been recording recently. Um, What do you think of those by the way? Do let me know. And one last thing before I get stuck in today. I am releasing an inner healing wisdom visualization to my Your Chronic Illness Ally waitlist. It's going to be live for 48 hours only. So anyone who joins between now and 48 hours time, um, which will be Monday, the 24th of October at midnight, um, BST, will get access. It's a visualisation I use personally and with my clients. It guides you through connecting with your inner healing wisdom and the intelligence of your chronic illness so that you can start to actually hear what it's really trying to tell you right it goes beneath that um that kind of surface level of something that you can apply very quickly um it goes beneath that it goes to the deeper message um so do join the waitlist if you want access to that and if you are listening in the future and that date has passed i have more of these bonus launch events planned for the waitlist so get on over there The link is in the show notes or head to my website, alanholloway.com, and click on the work with me tab and you'll be directed from there on. But back to today. So as I said, I've been thinking a lot about the process of asking you to write in like I did at the beginning of the season, to write to me with a question or a reflection related to your very unique chronic illness experience. I asked for you to send me your struggles, your wins, your thoughts, and as I say, your reflections, anything that you were experiencing that you perhaps wanted a different perspective on or to discuss in a more open forum, Um, something you felt happy to share that you also wanted a response to. It's interesting because with the gift of hindsight, I have begun to see that perhaps I didn't quite appreciate how much I was asking of you. You know, sharing this stuff isn't easy, especially when you're <laughs> expecting your response to be broadcasted, right? So first and foremost, I want to really thank those of you that wrote in as well as those of you that listened. Because as I say, although each of our chronic illness experience is very unique to us, we also share so much of what it's like. In the conversations I had with those of you who did write in, I was privy to what it was like for you to go there in that way and on the whole the response was that it was confronting, it felt vulnerable of course, it felt releasing and somewhat freeing and that actually it was both really helpful and hard to listen to when I released the response especially when it came to the part where I read out the original question there was almost a sense of my god that is me right um and that all makes total sense I'm going to bang on about it again and I will for as long as I need to but this just shows how much the conversation around what it's actually like to live with chronic illness needs to expand. I know that there's not the time during consultations with our health professionals and I know it's things like podcasts and blogs and social media where people are able to seek validation and confirmation that the way they're feeling is somewhat normal or to be expected considering what is happening within their body right but what gets me I think is that this is often after people have lived the struggle for so long and I am forever on the fence about everything in its right place you know everything happening as it's meant to and and that kind of school of thought versus my thinking that you know we don't need to go through all of all of this to get to where we are right so as I say I'm on the fence about that and I look at my partner who was diagnosed with and only started experiencing IBD after having watched me struggle with my chronic illness for seven odd years and that was before I found this way of life in which I work with my chronic illness you know where it's my ally and my guide and my superpower but I see how him watching me has benefited him because he's seen two sides of the coin right he's seen me living that struggle and he's seen me out of the struggle and it's almost as if he has been slightly fast-tracked in not having to go through that whole stage of fighting his body and his chronic illness, of resisting what was going on, of trying to like shove it down and, you know, just get on with life as normal kind of thing. Um, And of course, it is a very imperfect process for him because it is still relatively new. And like us all at any stage in our chronic illness journey, he very much needs to experience things for himself and experiment and you know that's encouraged right that's celebrated because it's through these experiences and experiments that we really get to know ourselves and our bodies but his entry point has been at a place where he is you know learning to work with and learning to accept or not fight or try to bury his chronic illness from the get-go right and that is so calming and reassuring to see it, it it's an example of what this whole chronic illness experience could look like all that to say that there is a huge amount of emotion and often trauma bundled in with chronic illness both from the kind of precursor you know perspective so perhaps what leads our bodies to chronic illness And from the present and, you know, during perspective, right, we experience a lot pre and during. And all of that doubting and questioning and rejecting and fighting yourself really, really takes its toll. You know, not to mention the very physical side of chronic illness, including the huge events that we experience with, you know, huge bodily events that we experience and then how those experiences and those traumas and those, you know, emotions are held within our bodies and then how that manifests in our chronic illness, right? It's this whole kind of cycle. But all of what I've just talked about is seen as secondary and it is treated as secondary and it's not, it is high primary And I think we are starting to see some acknowledgement of it in the mainstream of all of this outer experience of chronic illness, right? Of all of this kind of um, fallout I've described it as in the past. And I do applaud that, right? That is, again, to be celebrated. But I think there are some just really, really simple things that could be done in the mainstream that aren't. And that is via information that can only really come from us, from the people who live these experiences. And that feedback loop isn't open. We are not being heard and often we don't actually know how to talk about it or feel comfortable talking about it. Because of the hierarchy that exists within healthcare systems. Because of the segregation and the cutting up of parts that we see within the healthcare system. Anyway, rant over. It turned into a bit of a rant and it is not meant to be, so let's get back on track. My point is that when you notice feelings of resistance and fear come up when you even begin to think about your chronic illness experience, let alone talk about it, it is totally understandable and it needs to be explored. It's a bit like that saying, it's okay not to be okay or whatever it is. I don't love that saying because whilst of course it is okay not to be okay right as in it's not to be demonized it's not to be seen as something we need to avoid it is also something that needs to be explored and understood so it doesn't stop it being okay what we can say is it's okay and we accept it and now where do we want to go with it right um and so when you know I asked that question when I asked for you to send me in, your experience, it's understandable that that might have felt hard and scary and feelings of resistance came up and that needs to be explored. Facing this stuff, facing this fallout of chronic illness, of the chronic illness struggle is hard and we are not used to it. We're not used to doing it as a community Instead, we are conditioned to and used to pushing it down to ignoring it. And we're definitely not taught that it is actually really, really necessary to connect those feelings and experiences with our chronic illness. It's really only in spaces like in therapy and in coaching and in some of the more holistic health practices that we do get to talk about it or honestly even acknowledge it and as i was thinking about that you know the thought of having therapy or coaching for living with chronic illness even in my head is still like what right it's it's a bit taboo to to put those two things together you know imagine saying oh i'm offering an appointment with my chronic illness coach i am a chronic illness coach and that sounds that sentence sounds bizarre to me not because it is bizarre, of course, it's just a sentence I've not, I'm not used to hearing in history. It's not a sentence that, you know, I would have used in, in all the time that I was struggling with my chronic illness. And that's interesting for me to, to observe those thoughts coming in because, as I say, I'm a chronic illness coach. Support and guidance and open, safe spaces within the chronic illness kind of sphere need to be normalized and celebrated. Because if not in these spaces, where do we release this stuff? Where do we talk about this fallout and, and the wider picture of living with chronic illness? Where do we let it out? Where do we acknowledge it and give credit to actually what's going on for us and get those realizations and those downloads, and therefore the opportunity to do something about it i can't I can't say enough how important it is that these spaces are created and held for an airing of all of this laundry because without these spaces where where are we going to release that stuff, right? Probably not with our friends or our family for fear of being a burden. I know I felt that. I know loads of you feel that. You feel that if you talk about it, if you actually let out some of this pent up, held in emotion, experience, feelings, whatever, that you will be a burden That and you feel a bit of shame there, right? And there's the belief that if we give it airtime if if we acknowledge its presence within us it then becomes real and will consume us right that is the fear and i say as i say that's a fear that i lived with and that is a fear that i know so many of you live with too again social media has a huge part to play here and there are people out there doing some really really great things but social media alone in my opinion can't offer the level of support or opportunity for progression that's needed but it gives the sense that it does right so it's kind of like this um not placebo but yeah it it feels like it's giving us that support but actually it's not giving the level that is needed it is too fast moving it's too short form and snippety and the context in which that information is absorbed isn't conducive to what is required to properly process and assimilate what we need to process and assimilate Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another
1: cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: Of course, it is great for community and connection. But even those community spaces, a lot of you talk to me about, um, and again, this is something that I experienced myself, those spaces becoming quite unhealthy and unhelpful places to hang out. Because whilst they can give you a lot, they can also take a lot from you. They can also drain you. I've kind of alluded to, you know, for a long time, when I didn't and hadn't had a place to release that stuff. When I used to talk about my full chronic illness experience you know beyond beyond the very surface level literally you know stuff that was going on for me I would get involuntary full body shakes and they'd kind of kick in as I was talking about it and then they would last for a long time afterwards and I'd have to like get into bed and swaddle myself almost to allow my body to calm and settle and that was you know when I acknowledged it and when I talked about it, it's as if all of this stuff that was pent and held up, it moved through my body and my voice was that like valve to let it out. And that has changed now um, because I have talked about it a lot and I have talked through it in therapy and in coaching spaces. And it's almost as if all of that held stuff has been released over the time that I've been working with my chronic illness as my ally. And since I left that chronic illness struggle. Think of how that energy and that muscle memory. And that emotion and trauma is being held in the body. And the effect that it has on the way chronic illness manifests. And the compounding of that. If when that valve, you know, the voice is opened. Or however however you choose to release this stuff. However... It suits your body to release that stuff. That can be through movement, talking, singing, breath work. You know, there are many different valves. You know, proof of how that is being held in the body is given if the body is taken over in that way. You know, with those involuntary full body shakes. And I don't know if that is similar for any of you listening. If you've experienced anything like that. A quick P.S. As I'm talking, I notice how culty... (laughs) Some of the language I've used in today's episode sounds and I don't really know what to do about that other than to acknowledge it and reassure you that there is no cultiness going on. I vividly remember the first time I got the opportunity to talk and to acknowledge my full chronic illness experience, the, the struggle that I was living in. And I was sat in an acupuncturist's treatment room having my initial assessment and I was asked to talk through the whole thing and that was after I'd written it down. And I'm really, really grateful that the environment that I was sitting in was calming and warm and cosy and quite like, low lighting because although I did get the shakes thing, the environment and the person sitting opposite me really helped support me through doing that, which speaks a lot to doing this stuff in a supportive environment, right, but I was genuinely taken aback that I was being asked to talk through everything and asked through asked about more than what they saw in front of them. They saw past my eczema past a problem that needs needed to be fixed and into it all and honestly i I remember leaving that appointment and thinking. I could have walked out after I had that chat because I felt such a sense of release and I almost felt like I had already received what I needed, even though I knew it was only the beginning. And I want to briefly touch on the school of thought that says talking about past experiences or going back through history can re-traumatise. I get that and I stand firmly, firmly by the practice of not going places that don't feel safe to go until... You're ready if you're ever ready right but I also know how helpful and cathartic it can be and that generally the tendency is to not talk to ignore and to push it down and to that I would say only do what feels safe to you in that moment and when it doesn't say so when it feels uncomfortable acknowledge and explore that and look at what the reason behind that discomfort could be Is it because, as my listeners who wrote in experienced, it is an unfamiliar thing, it feels vulnerable, and it is an expansion of a comfort zone, whilst there also being a feeling of wanting to go there? Or is it because your body and brain is saying, absolutely not, you know, I don't want to go there, in which case, you get to start looking at where you need to be supported from where you are right now. Because this acknowledgement and this talking about it is the first step in starting to bring your chronic illness into the fold of your life. I also want to caveat all of this by acknowledging that trauma and feelings and emotions and history and experience, whilst all connected, are not the same. This avoidance of how much of something we allow ourselves to experience, so much of that comes from this fear of pain and discomfort that the human race carries, really. I talk about this in more depth in your Chronic Illness Ally, but because it is, you know, quite a juicy topic, but pain and discomfort are so much more than something to be feared and suppressed as soon as they rear their heads. It's this association we've, we have with them, right? That That meaning that we have put to a sensation. There are ways of experiencing pain and discomfort that we can learn from, that provide information, that feel safe and grounded. And someone who experiences chronic pain might be listening to this and thinking, no, you know, I don't want to do that. And I hear you, I really do. But it's not an all or nothing situation, right? There are very, very tiny steps that can be taken. And just like that treatment room that was warm and calm and nurturing, a really safe space for me to to experience my emotional pain and discomfort there is a way of experiencing physical pain and discomfort in environments that feel safe that feel nurturing and calm and that can allow you to explore them and learn from them and see what is beneath that initial sensation And that is why inner safety and environment are two of the foundational modules in your chronic illness ally. You might remember back to episodes 7 and 8 where the listener who wrote in and talked about experiencing an uptake in symptoms when they went through anything that was extreme. And that included happiness, excitement, sadness, grief, temperatures. You know, doesn't that speak to the power of chronic illness? that if we don't take note of the feelings and sensations that are designed to alert us to danger pain and discomfort <laughs> that a trigger a warning that trigger a warning signal or alert us that we need to do something if we don't acknowledge that nudge and we block that path with a the dam then the force of that water will find another path and perhaps that path is via other sensations and feelings and emotions that we tend to consider, we tend to see as neutral or good. To remember that that is not punishment, right? That is not your body punishing you. That's not your chronic illness punishing you. That is your body supporting you because it is so hellbent on telling you something, on you hearing something. I know it isn't as cut and dry as that, but it is something to consider, Although it goes against everything we've been conditioned to be correct and to an extent goes against what our bodies tell us is right, is correct. You know, as I say, pain and discomfort signal danger and they are a warning sign. It is really, really important that we do face these things and feel uncomfortable. That we don't shove pain away and retract ourselves from it without sitting with it and exploring it and getting as comfortable as we can with it and learning from it you know I'm not saying in some kind of sadistic way you know let's just sit with our pain i you know or I've just got to experience it as it is and I can't do anything about it I'm not saying that but I'm saying what we also need to be doing is sitting with it and exploring it and getting as comfortable with as we can with it and most importantly learning from it but we can't do any of this if, we, if we're unable to take that initial step of acknowledging our chronic illness, of talking about it, of bringing it out into the open. It's almost as if we've come to a stage in human evolution where we believe we should only experience what is classed as good or beneficial, emotions and feelings and sensations. We've removed the value from anything else. But that means we are only getting access to half the story. A quote-unquote bad sensation is just as important as a quote-unquote good one. There is no hierarchy here. We have been taught it is normal to silence one of the most important sources of intelligence our bodies have to offer us. I was thinking about the fact that I use a lot of what could be considered, you know, positive language in my work. And that could perhaps be seen as glossing over any of the underbelly, any of this wider, fuller experience of what it is like to live with chronic illness. But if you've been here for a while, you'll know it is very much the opposite, right? All of that, quote unquote, positive language, such as ally and superpower, it includes, it is very much built by the full acknowledgement of that underbelly, of that wider picture. It says that there is a whole experience to be experienced and all of it is hugely valuable information. My work and my chronic illness philosophy teaches you how to experience the full spectrum of what your body is asking you to feel so that you can hear what you need to hear in a way that is safe and grounded. It allows you to experiment in a way that is cushioned And most importantly, doesn't compound. I'm talking more and more about this compounding, right? This idea that so much of what we do when we're in that mindset of fix and fight actually compounds the symptomatic manifestation of our chronic illness. It often makes it worse because of the stress that that fixing and fighting causes. You need to be able to experiment in a way that is cushioned. And as I say, does not compound the active symptomatic side of your chronic illness. So maybe today, just tune into how you feel at the prospect of being asked to acknowledge your chronic, your full chronic illness experience or being asked to talk about your full chronic illness experience. What reaction does that trigger in your body? Is it something that literally you can't even give a second to because you know, resistance is showing up? Is it something that makes you feel uneasy and uncomfortable? Take note of all of that and start to get curious about what that means and why those feelings are showing up. If you feel like you're at a place where you would like to connect with, with that wisdom, with that intelligence, with the wider picture of your experience, then get on the wait list because the visualization is exactly that. I am sending you lots of love, as always, and I will speak to you soon. Time for me to tell you about my newsletter. It's honestly one of my most favourite things to do within this business. It's a place where you can connect with me more deeply, where you can connect with how chronic illness shows up in your life more deeply. I share a lot of my personal experience um, with life with chronic illness over there. And it's also a place you can find out how you can work with me, what projects I've got going on, um, what programs I'm running, whether I've got one-to-one space, all of that good stuff. Um, You can sign up via the link in show notes or by visiting alanaholloway.com forward slash newsletter. Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, Are You More Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? And What Would Their Support Squad Unleash in You? is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.